Benny? I'm here, Daddy. Benny, are you up there? Talk to me. I, I want to hear you. Then hear me. Peter doesn't hear him. He's in despair. Standing on the porch, he turns to the audience, framed by Katie and Benny above him on the roof. Peter is holding his gun differently now, carelessly. He's not pointing it in a safe direction, maybe at his own head. Benny? Grandma? What is it, Benny? Come quick. Let's go. Martha runs outside, followed by Obama and Hank. Son! What's going on with you, Pete? Have you ever found yourself standing guard over a life unlived? Peter, honey, you are scaring me. Who was Benny? His son. Our grandson. And you lost him? No, I didn't lose him. You lose your keys or your train of thought. My Benny was ripped right out from me. When did this happen? Fifteen years ago. Jesus, that's... Never again, Mr. President. Never a fucking again, again, again. God willing. No. My little friend here, willing. Peter, you do know uh, I'm going to need that gun. It's the only reason why I'm here. Yeah, I do. And I hate to tell you again, but that's not happening. Peter, Peter please. Peter, the Second Amendment. How many has... times do I have to say it, Mr. President? I don't have fucking guns because the Second Amendment says I can have fucking guns. I have fucking guns because the guy next to me has fucking guns. Peter, let's go inside and talk this out. Yeah, right. When's the last time talking ever got anything done? Peter, let me be your friend. You aren't my friend. Let's just talk about this. Obama and Peter start to go into Peter's house. Grandma, wait. Only Martha has heard this. Benny has moved down from the roof and stands directly behind his grandmother. When she turns around, for the first time, she can both hear and see him. Her grandson, of the age he might be had he not been shot when he was ten months old. She stands before him, stunned. Benny. It's time. Time for what? I need to see Grandpa. And I need Grandpa to see me. Hank. Look. Hello, Grandpa. Well, I'll be damned. Our little Benny Bunny? In the flesh. You look so big. Practically a man. You can see me? Well, shoot. Who else would you be? We hear you. Scuffling along the roof from time to time. Your grandma didn't believe me, but I knew it was you all along. Oh, Hank. Give me a second. Look at you. Back from the dead and standing right there in front of us. Benny, how is it that I can finally see you? Today, of all days. Is it because of the president being here? It's because I need to ask you a favor, Grandpa Hank. Well, shoot. You just name it. It's a big one, and you aren't going to like it. Well, I won't know until you tell me. Benny simply looks down at Hank's rifle. Hank knows what this means. He considers his grandson's request seriously. Well, now, that's a mighty lot to ask, young man. I know, Grandpa. Will you do it? No. I can't. 
Grandpa, please. You're asking me to turn my back on my principles. For your family, Grandpa Hank. Well, you've certainly gone to a lot of trouble to ask. Coming back from the dead and all. Obama emerges from Peter's house alone. Uh, folks, I, I think we really need to talk about the state of pizza. Grandpa Hank, please. Hold on, Mr. President. Uh, yes, Hank? There's a little something I'd like you to have. What's that? Think of it as a souvenir for you to remember me by. Hank takes his rifle from his shoulder, cocks out the clip, and hands it to Obama. Wait. What? And you can have the rest of them, too. Hank. Well, I don't understand. I thought that... Here's something else that might surprise you. I'm going down to the recruiter's office in the morning and sign up for President Barack Obama's well-regulated militia, otherwise known as the National Guard. Yeah, I, I never would have believed it. <laughs> because everything up till now has been so believable, right? One thing I should tell you, though. What's that? Well, you're too old to join the National Guard, Hank. Way too old. <laughs> then what the hell? I was making a rhetorical point, but I appreciate the gesture. What the hell? Uh, Hank, you had me beat. So you have to tell me why. I may disagree with you, Mr. President, but my first loyalty is to the United States of America. Don't you ever doubt that? Well, I'm, I'm speechless, Hank. That almost makes it all worth it right there. In fact, I'm going to deputize you right here and right now into the well-regulated militia of the United States government. I accept. But I, I have to tell you, I'm far more worried right now about Pete. Peter emerges from the house. He is reading further from Katie's journal. Well, Petey, there you are. Hey, look, Obama took my gun. Help, call the police. No, Hank. What? you got to be fucking kidding me. You stole it right out from under me when I wasn't looking. Well, that's not right. That's not right at all, Mr. President. No, I'm just joshing you, Pete. We came to a little understanding. And my daddy agreed? I said we came to an understanding. I don't believe it. I don't believe any of this. Believe it, son. Did he drug you? No. But something trippy happened, I'll tell you what. But no, I... Handed over my gun fair and square. And guess who we have to thank for it, Petey? Well, who? Well, look who's standing right there next to Martha, plain as day. Who? Don't tell me you don't recognize your own... Katie? Tell him, honey. Tell him what? You've been waiting for Obama all this time. Now he's here. It's time to tell him your story. Our story. Peter... I'm worried about... This is my wife, Mr. President. Although I'm sure you can't see her. Mom and Dad think I'm crazy. No, well, I, I mean, if I can her. see Benny, you can see Katie. No, Shit. thank yeah, you Katie. all. No, but no. Katie is not there. I mean, I see her right here, clear as day. The personification of my perpetual guilt and sorrow. And she's dead because of me. No, Peter, that was not your fault. What my family isn't telling you, Mr. President, is that my wife went into a deep depression after I failed to protect my son from a confused meth addict who just happened to break into the wrong door 
with a gun in his hand. That's awful. Why didn't he just go in the other door? What kind of a father lets his no baby... No one blames you. Well, I blame myself. Because then there's Katie. She was in a terrible place, Petey. Do you know what the name Benjamin means, Mr. President? I'm sorry, no. It means son, son of, of sorrow. sorrow. That's some biblical fucking shit right there, Mr. President. Tell me about it. In the delivery room, Katie began to hemorrhage, and they told me she might be bleeding to death. That's when this doctor smacks her on the leg and says, Stay with me, Katie. She later told me it was right at that exact moment. I could feel myself rush back into my body. She said she was given the choice of going or staying, and she said, I'm going to stay. My baby was just born. But we only had him for ten months. I'm not sure what's to be gained by dredging all of this back up. We were moving through the days in slow motion while everybody else's lives were going on around us in normal time. People stopped bringing up Benny in conversation because no one wanted to put Katie back in that dark place. But she never left it. They've already forgotten about him. When you lose a child, you have no friends. Peter, what happened to Katie? She confided her pain, Mr. President, into the wrong end of my gun. Pete. Benny. Yes, Mother? I think we're done here. Let's go. Katie and Benny exit up to the roof. Jenna joins them. The living and the dead are now separately gathered above and below. Katie wanted me to get remarried. But all I ever wanted was Katie and my Benny Bunny. Now, all I have are my guns. But Pete, if you didn't have all those guns around the oh, house... Oh, don't you dare say it, Mama. I swear to God. Martha. I'm not blaming you, son. But she was just so sick with all the sadness and the grief. And she just never should have been anywhere near your guns. Don't you think I know that? I should have used one on myself. Son, no. Everybody, let's calm down. Daddy, the right to keep and bear arms is the only thing we have agreed on in 30 years, so please don't tell me you're backing down on this. Well, Petey, I wish you could have seen what had just happened here. It changed everything for me. If you could just open your eyes, you won't believe what you might see. Well, Mr. President, I don't know what kind of voodoo you just pulled on my father, but it won't work on me. Pete? Never. Pete. Well, Pete, I, I, I feel for you. I really do. Uh, what happened to you shouldn't happen to anyone. But let me make myself perfectly clear. I am not leaving here without that gun. You're a father. Jesus. I can't believe you are asking me to give up my right to protect my family. I'm not asking, Pete. I'm ordering you. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And not because of the Second Amendment. Because right now... You are a danger to yourself and to others. Well, what are you going to do? Shoot me? No, I'm not going to shoot you. Well, then how? Obama hands Hank's rifle back to him. Hank, I need you to take that weapon. What's the joke? Do I look like I'm joking, Peter? I need you to hand over that rifle right now. Well, then you're as crazy as my old man. Peter. Pete, you're not well. You're in pain. You're confused. You're seeing someone who isn't here, and you have a gun. And that makes you very dangerous. 
What's he talking about, Mama? You are the problem, Pete. Right here and right now. Pete, just put the gun down so we can talk about it. Well, I won't do it. Then we've got a problem. Hank? Peter, please do what your mother tells you. Make me. Hank, you are a fully commissioned officer under the charge of the Commander-in-Chief of the United States of America, and your son is defying my orders. Now, I want that gun. Well, ain't this a pickle. Never point a gun at anything you are not willing to destroy. Never point a gun at anything Peter, you you're putting your father destroy. in a terrible spot a here. He can shoot me then. Of course I can. Hank, you just told me your first loyalty is to the United States of America. Don't you ever doubt that. You see, this is how this kind of thing happens in American homes every single day. I won't. Then I'll do it. Martha reaches for Pete's gun. He's startled. Bang. Martha is hit. Peter. Grandma, no. Hank instinctively fires his weapon in return. Bang. Bang. Peter is hit. What have I done? Pete. Peter instinctively fires his weapon in return. Bang. Bang. Hank is hit. Peter. Peter? He was just following my orders. Yeah? Well, now serving President Barack Obama. Peter fires his weapon again and drops it. Bang. Bang. Obama is hit. Amid this pile of collapsed bodies, Obama struggles to his feet, his right hand covering his grazed left shoulder. He writhes over to Hank's dropped gun and pries it out of his cold, dead hands. He takes a second to reflect. My fellow Americans, we remain the wealthiest, most powerful, and most respected nation on earth. Our youth, our drive, our diversity and openness, our boundless capacity for risk and reinvention means that the future should be ours. But that potential will only be realized if our democracy works. A democracy built on principles, the rule of law, human rights, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and an independent press. But that order is now being challenged not only by my violent fanatics, but by our own fear. Fear of change. Fear of our neighbors. Fear of difference. Fear of real information. By intolerance of contrary thought. By a belief that the sword or the bomb or the gun is the ultimate arbiter of what's true and what's right. If only our politics better reflected the decency of our people. Pete struggles to his feet, fires his weapon, and drops again. Bang. Bang. Obama is hit. He turns to Peter and instinctively fires back at the man who shot him. Bang. Bang. Peter is hit. But in the end, we're all animals. It's what we do. Obama is dead. Do you hear that?
What? The nothing. The noise has stopped. I can hear the roly-polies. I can hear the horizon. I can hear the earth breathing. I can hear the moon orbiting. Benny? Yes, Mother? Ten months is everything. This is nice. This is heaven. What was that? It's coming from Orlando. Have you milked the mammoth? No, wait. Dallas. There's that dinosaur on the front lawn again. No, wait. Baton Rouge. No, wait. Fort Lauderdale. Best to enjoy your ice cream while it's on your plate. I hate this play. And every word in it. End of play. Waiting for Obama was recorded by the staff at the Parker Arts and Culture Center as an in-kind donation to the Denver Actors Fund. The cast featured Chris Kendall as Hank, Luke Sorge as Benny, Leslie O'Carroll as Martha, Jessica Robley as Katie, Drew Horwitz as Peter, Jenna Mal Reyes as Jenna, Lawrence Curry as President Barack Obama, Stage Direction and Voice of God by Mayor Trevathan. Sound Effects and Video Support by Ray Bailey TV. The Acting Director of Parker Arts is Carrie Glassburn. Production Manager, Kevin Newton. Audio Engineer, Joe Brindley. Lighting Designer, David Holt. Waiting for Obama was written by John Moore and was originally directed by Brian Freeland at the New York International Fringe Festival. Special thanks to Haley Johnson and Abby Apple-Bowes. For more information on the Denver Actors Fund, go to denveractorsfund.org. Thank you, everyone. We've got six minutes to clear the building. Oh.